Very pleased to welcome everyone into a special edition of the Final Score Podcast. We are presented by PFP, Players, Fitness, and Performance here in Frederick. And thanks to all those checking in with us on uh, Facebook Premiere and YouTube. Uh, we're happy to have you with us. Uh, Greg Swatek of the Frederick News Post Sports Department here with you. Joined in studio by Coach Kurt Stein and two members of the state champion Oakdale High School football team, senior linebackers Mario Goings and uh, Ethan Martin. And on Saturday night, the Bears defeated previously unbeaten Glenelg High School of Howard County 35-7 in the Class 2A championship game at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium in Annapolis. The win capped a 13-0 season for Oakdale and the school's first state championship in football. Kurt, what sort of reaction have you gotten since winning the championship? Uh, certainly uh, trying to return a lot of text messages, emails, phone calls, um, you know, people reaching out, direct message on uh, Twitter and that kind of stuff. Um, a lot of outpouring of support from you know, all kinds of people from associated with Oakdale the last nine years, but also, you know, people from our past and my past and stuff like that. So it's been uh it's been a little overwhelming and emotional at times, you know, trying to make sure you get back to everybody and stuff, but at the same time it's been really special to, you know, kinda enjoy that last win that we had. Mario, what have the last couple of days in school been like? Um it's hard to go somewhere without somebody shaking your hand or saying congratulations. I mean, it was um, something big for Oakdale, so um, I feel like everybody kind of understands that it meant a lot to all of us. Ethan, how about you? What, what, what have the past couple of days been like? A bunch of teachers and other kids just asking how the game went, like, like congratulating us for the win. And like Mario said, it's hard to go anywhere without somebody saying something. I mean, this this wasn't a last-second win, guys. I mean, you guys were comfortably in front. You sort of knew you were going to win the game for most of the second half. Just what was that feeling like, knowing that you had the championship secure and there, and there was still lots of time left on the clock? Um, I don't ever feel secure. So, <laughs> I, you know, maybe the last few minutes of the game, you know, we try to make an effort to get all of our seniors in there at some point, anybody who hadn't been in yet. And that's when it started to feel like it a little bit when we started to substitute. But, you know, it was a one-possession game at halftime, and, you know, we did have a very good third quarter to try to stretch it out a little bit there. But they're dangerous, and they had a great player, and I was, you know, I was still a little nervous about that going forward. But once once we started subbing at the end there, it, it started to feel real for a minute. Ethan, when did it start to feel like the championship was secure for you? <laughs> After I got taken out near the end of the game, it finally hit me. It's like, we just won the States. Right. How about for you, Mario? I mean, you're up. Yeah, this, the lead kept increasing. You're up 35 to seven at one point. When, when, when did it start feeling real for you? Um, it started feeling real once um, once we scored our last point. And then they took me out of the game. I mean, it was just like we finally did it. I mean, it was like, I mean, it didn't hit at first that it was my last play in high school, but it you could feel the sense that we won the game. But it wasn't until you came out that you thought we we have the game. I mean, you you, you weren't you weren't thinking we 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 got this before you came out. <laughs> um I didn't want to I mean in my head obviously. Yeah. I mean, I was like we're getting a little further and further, but I mean, I didn't want to say anything to. Yeah. Kurt, this was a team that really didn't have any weaknesses at all. I mean, you guys had a great offense. You had a great defense. Your kicking game was outstanding. Good coverage on uh, on special teams. Uh you guys finished ranked number three. You were the top-ranked public school in the final state uh, media poll, uh, trailing only nationally ranked St. Francis of, of Baltimore, I think a top-four team in, in the USA Today, and, and, and DeMatha. And uh, you guys will almost certainly be remembered as one of the best football teams to ever play in this area. 
sort of how, how did this team come together? I mean, how did all the pieces sort of fit into place over, over the course of these last several years? <laughs> well, the, the, these two guys here are, are part of a really talented senior class that, you know, we've seen since they were in sixth, seventh grade that there was a lot of talent in their particular group. Um, there's 26 seniors. Um, of the 22 starting positions, 18 of them were held by seniors. So this is a group that we've you know, been working with over the last years that we always thought had the talent to get it done. Now, what happened over the course of this year as they came closer as a unit and really started focusing down and practicing a little differently and, and doing all the little things well, you know, that was kind of what brought us across the Mendoza line, if you will, compared to where we maybe were a year ago, where we had a lot of these same players and we were talented, but we were just missing a little something to get us over the edge. And, you know, the the 14 weeks is a long time. And, you know, you're a lot different than you are week one than you are week 14. And these guys really bonded. I felt like they really buckled down. And, you know, after that Ligonor game, I thought they have started to believe what I believed. And, you know, I thought maybe we'd have a chance to be special. Uh, your quarterback, Colin Schley, one of, one of the best to ever play in this area. I mean, your kicker, Justin Ritter, a, a, a five-star a, a five kicking recruit. Uh, Simeon is a Division One prospect at running back. And then you have linebackers like Mario and Ethan. I mean, and that's just all on one team. I mean, have you ever coached a team this talented before? <laughs> uh, not like this. I mean, we literally have – if everybody decides to play, we have 12 guys that might play college football from D1 to D3, maybe more. You know, I've never had that much on one. And when you say you you don't really have a weakness, well, that's how. When you have a really talented kid at every single position, you know, that gives you a chance to do something. And also kind of like, you know, hide some things because you're so good and you do some – if a guy makes a mistake – Rarely does the guy in the stand see it because somebody else makes his right there and makes the play anyway because you have that many good players on the field. So I haven't been around a group like this. The 09 team we had at Catoctin when I was there was really, really good. Obviously won a state championship, and they had a lot of really good players, but they had one Division One player. We, you know, we probably have four. You know, So we definitely have a little different level of talent. Mario, what's your reaction just to the level of talent that's on this team? Um, I mean, I saw it when I first moved here back in eighth grade. I mean, I saw it. I mean, you saw Justin kicking field goals like they were nothing back in eighth grade. I mean, you saw Colin still bombing the ball. Simeon was fast. I mean, um, just watching us progress as we went to freshman, sophomore, junior years, I mean, it was just unbelievable how much we just kept working at our craft over and over again just to become better players because we knew in the near future that we'd be successful. We'd keep training hard. How about you, Ethan? What, what, I mean, what do you think when you're surrounded by all these great players on, on the practice field and, and during games? <laughs> it's crazy seeing how big and fast our line was and people like Blake being small but still being the fastest guy out there and people like Mario, Colin, Sim just naturally just stand out. It's great. You guys pretty much dominated the whole season. I think your average margin of victory was upwards of 35 points. No one got within 17 points of you all season. What or the real high points of the season, what, what will you remember, Mario? Um, I'll definitely remember the big games that we had. I mean, Ligonor, Damascus, state championship. I mean, those are kind of the three big games that defensively, I mean, held undefeated teams to seven points. I mean, that that will forever stick to me, that our defense was able to come together and really stick a team like those teams. Kurt, what, what sticks out in your mind about the season? I mean, really, what he just said, those three teams he just mentioned, we held each of them seven points. I mean, that 
that's impressive. I mean, our our offense gets a lot of uh, the ink because of its flashiness and nature. It has a tendency to grab your eye and your member, but our defense was unbelievable. I mean, it's one of the best defenses I've ever seen in the county. I mean, like maybe the 09 Ligonor team. You did, you know the, I mean? did you see the 10 Urbana defense? The, the 10 Urbana well, defense that, 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 that Coach Doc yeah. had was unbelievable. They had like eight shutouts. That 09 team at Ligonor that had Zwinak and those guys playing for him yeah. and Havenstein, they were unbelievable. But we statistically were right up there with all of them. I think we had seven shutouts ourselves. And our first team defense only gave up 35 points, I think, in 13 games. So... I mean, I haven't been around a group that can shut it down like that in a long time. And that's what will always stick out to me is I called the games a little bit differently because I was so confident that our defense would get a stop every time. I know you haven't seen all the great teams that have come through here. No, I'm not from here. Uh, Right. But but, but do you feel this team would would hold up against – any one of them <laughs> yeah i mean since i've been here i mean i've seen a couple really really good teams the 10 urbana team the, the 09 Ligonor team um all three of the middle team middletown teams that won and the walkersville team of the last two years they all kind of stand out to me as like really really high-end teams really good teams i think we could hold our own with all of them i really do um especially with the way we were playing from like Ligonor on we were really playing at a high level extremely efficient um, so I definitely think we can hang in there because, like you said, we can do a little bit on all three phases. So I think that would give us a shot against any of them. I mean, we've talked about for years how good the football in this county is, but but what does it say that six of the ten public schools have won football state titles since '09? In the last decade, more than half the teams in this county have won a state title. <laughs> it says how hard it is for us to get through the regular season every year. You know, um, when we have a good record in the regular season, we we beat some really good teams along the way. Um, the football in the county is outstanding. The players are at such a high level, and I feel like every single school has a really good coach. So if you don't come with the right game plan, you're going to put yourself in a bad spot and you're going to get beat because the other guy on the other sideline knows what he's doing, and every single team has really good players. Sure, it goes up and down a little bit from team to team, as high school always does because talent graduates and comes in and such, but – Every single week, you have to play well because if you don't play well, you will lose. Ethan, what sticks out in your mind about the season? Definitely the big three games. Uh, beating Lingano on their field, that definitely sticks out the most to the way we did it. Yeah. Well, let's go through your season now, guys, because there was certainly some adversity uh, to face along the way. I mean, starting in week one, I mean, the, the weather was a, was a major factor early in the season. I think you played a did you even get through the first quarter against Digital Harbor in your season opener? Five minutes. You got through. Yeah, time. that's right. Five minutes of game time. You guys were up nineteen nothing, and instead of continuing the game, Digital Harbor said uh, we probably probably had enough <laughs> tonight, and that game was uh, was was stopped there. You guys were credited with the win. Week two, you're scheduled to play Bladensburg. I think you guys were. You told me, Kurt, you were in the locker room after Digital Harbor, and you got a you got a phone call from your AD Chris Crevo saying that yeah, Bladensburg just folded their football program. Yeah, so the first night of the Digital Harbor, because we completed the game the second day, the first day we never kicked off. We were all there, we went through warm-ups, and we never got the thing kicked off because of the lightning. When we were waiting and the lightning delay is when Coach found out, Coach Rivas found out that they had just dropped their team, and they did it like an hour before kickoff, which meant that it wouldn't count as a forfeit for us. We would just have to be forced to play a nine-game schedule. So that whole those whole two days were a little rough, where we didn't get to play, 
then we come back the next day and we don't really get to play and we found out we don't have a game the next week so we knew in the first two weeks of the season we were going to play five minutes how did your guys how did you how did you react to that that news that you're going to be in week three and you, you would have played five minutes of football i was a little worried because i feel like the beginning of the season is when you got to fine-tune some things and we had you know we're tweaking our lineup just like everybody else and you got to use those first couple games before you get into the Frederick County part of the schedule, as you just said, how hard it is. Those pre-Frederick County games, well, we got to figure some things out, and we didn't get a chance to do that. So I was a little worried. Um, I was a little worried if we'd be rusty against Bowie. I think the sec- the, the latter kind of happened where in the first half of that game, I don't think anybody could have beat us because these guys were so annoyed that they hadn't got to play football yet. I think it was 49 nothing at halftime that week three game when we played because it was like, you, you know, you finally let the dogs out of the cage, essentially. Right. Yep. All right, we'll be back in one minute after a word from our fine sponsor, Players Fitness and Performance. Why do I train? Why do I train? I train to jump higher. I train because I have something to prove. Be faster. And because speed, strength, and being better overall on and off the field is my mission. Nothing to me is impossible. I'm Andrew Simpson from Players Fitness and Performance in Frederick, Maryland. We have found that most middle and high school athletes do not have complete confidence, which is holding them back from being their best on and off the field. As official partners with FCPS, our why is to inspire athletes like yours to believe in themselves and perform more confidently and consistently in sports and in life. That's our why. What's your why? For more information, check out our website at www.playersfitnessandperformance.com. Mario, I mean, it's your senior senior year, and, and, and you didn't get much of a first game. You didn't get a second game at all. I mean, what, what, what are you thinking at that point? Um, at that point, I mean, I was pretty upset that um, our senior year was going like that. That I mean, we kind of went through two weeks worth of games and only had played five minutes. But um, Coach Stein was telling us about how, like, we can use this week as our advantage to get better and to get ready for the things that we wouldn't normally um, do get get to do during the season. And so um, we really just busted our butts out there and just kept practicing as if we did have a game on Friday because we knew that it's not about the games. I mean, obviously it's about the games on Friday, but we wanted something further than just our regular season. And so we knew we had to train hard to get that. Ethan, how do you feel you guys handled all, all, all the time off through the first three weeks of the season? We handled it really well. I mean, it's disappointing missing out on two games of your senior year and of our season, but we looked forward into, like, we can do bigger and better things. Let's just focus this week. We don't have a game. Just get over it. So then uh, you have comfortable wins in weeks one in your weeks one through three. Uh, Bowie, or Urbana, Middletown, uh, you got you guys uh, handle them, and then all of a sudden it's the game of the year. It's it's it's, it's Oakdale at Ligonor, and a seven seven uh, game quickly became forty two to seven at halftime. You guys had thirty five points in the second quarter of that game. Guys were running uh, wide open down the middle of the field for touchdowns. I mean, L- Ligonor came within four points of, of, of winning a second consecutive 3A state championship. I mean, what was your reaction, Kurt, to the way you guys dominated that game? Well, it was just one of those things. I think as a coach, we've all been in those games on both sides where you feel like everything's going right, or if you're on the other end, you feel like everything's going wrong. 
and it's snowballing out of control and you just hope when that happens you're on the side that we were on because I've certainly been on the other side before as a coach and I know Coach Connor certainly been on the positive side of games like that before too. Uh, everything we called worked. I mean, that, and that's as simple as that. We, we saw some things that we were going to try to attack and we had a handful of plays to do it and we called them all once and we pretty much scored a touchdown or got a giant play on all of them. And so next thing you know, we're at halftime and we actually just missed a field goal to make it even 45 or something. And we're kind of sitting there looking at ourselves like we had all this stuff planned about adjustments and things you want to do in the second half. And instead we started talking about like, you know, when do you want to put the the backups in? Right. And as lopsided as the final score might have been, one of the first things you said to me after that game was, Ligonor is a really a really good team. <laughs> yeah, that that score, and as proud as I am of our guys, and it's as amazing as they played that night, you know, we play ten times. We're not going to blow them out like that every time. They're too good, you know. But that particular night, we were just better. And like I said, every, everything was coming up the right way for us and coming up the wrong way for them. But I knew, I thought, and I know that they ended up getting beat by three. I thought they would win the three A state championship even that night after we played them. I thought they would win the three. Yeah, it came out came out of the final kick. Yeah, yeah so. I just I mean I just knew how good they were, but I also knew, especially after that night, how good we probably were. Yeah, Mario, have you ever been a part of a quarter like that second quarter against Lincoln North? No, I mean that was just unbelievable. I mean, um, going into the game, I mean. We were just talking. All, all of us were talking about how it's going to be a dogfight out there, and that like we need to have each other's backs out there. And, and it was early on. I mean, it seven was. seven. At, I think at the end of the first quarter, one hundred percent. And then as soon as the second quarter started, I mean, it's just things just kept stacking on top of each other. Our defense kept doing three and outs, and our offense just kept marching right down the field. I mean, it was just it was unbelievable how everything just kind of like pieced together for us. Why? Why was everything going in your way? Why was everything going your way that quarter, Ethan? Uh, we're a great team, and. We were just there to make plays. Everybody made plays. Tyree getting a pick six at D-line, that's insane. Just stuff like that. Then you come back the next week, and then you play Ken Island, who's a, who's a reputable, usually a very strong um, 2A school. Uh, you follow that with easy wins over uh, TJ in Walkersville, a, a team that beat you twice last season and in, 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 uh, advanced to the regional final. And then it's the final week of the regular season, Oakdale, at Tuscarora, and, and the weather doesn't really cooperate uh, um, very well that night. What will you remember from that game, Mario? <laughs> uh, definitely how the weather was. I mean, it was just that field was absolutely destroyed, and it's just, I don't, it was. It was a tsunami you guys were playing. It, 100%. In. I mean, six minutes before halftime, it was hailing out there, and we could not see, like, right across the ball. Like, it was unbelievable. But you scored twice in that game. I, I think you had a few slides. You you were prompted by your teammates to slide in the mud a couple times. Just was that was that the most fun you've ever had on a football field? Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, playing in the mud and then getting the slide in. I mean, that was that was so much fun to um, to get to enjoy that, especially senior year. That was a game tailor made for Mario, wasn't it, Kurt? <laughs> well, you know, we had to. We basically had to go into our short yardage goal line package for the majority of the game. You couldn't even get a shotgun snap. I mean, Tuscarora was trying. They couldn't even get the ball back to their quarterback in, in the shotgun. The The weather was so bad. It was uh, it was definitely interesting. Uh, I was I was not real happy, obviously. I felt like it was kind of crazy that we were out there. But at the same time, that was a prime example of what this team is all about. It didn't matter. We won on offense or defense or special teams. It didn't matter. With, we had bad weather. We had bad weather for a lot of games, actually. The, the thing you said is we could fit 
to whatever the situation yeah, and calls for. That game was a perfect example of it doesn't matter how, we'll find a way to win. So, yeah, we were running goal line fullback dives to Mario because that was the only way we could move the ball. So that's what we did. And on defense, I don't, you know, I don't think they had 10 yards in the second half. Right. It wasn't just the rain, which was sort of torrential. It was all of a sudden the wind started. It was like a hurricane-force winds all of a sudden near the end of the first half. An there. actual tornado touched down five miles from where we were. <laughs> right. It, 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 felt like, it felt like the press box was, like, shaking because of the wind. So what were you thinking out there, Ethan? <laughs> just trying to see. That was the first goal, trying to see the field. Right. Um, our line in Mario, that game was made for them. We didn't have any speed, and our big boys just stepped up. Right. Is that the most memorable game or one of the most memorable games you've been a part of? No, I'll never forget that game. That was insane. Right. So you enter the playoffs. Uh, you're, you're, you're playing Liberty. Um, Liberty's undefeated. The game is moved from Liberty to Marriott's Ridge because the, the weather was, was so crazy. And all of a sudden, you guys find yourselves in, a, in an early 14 nothing hole. First episode, I think you faced all season. Mario, what what were you guys thinking at that point? Um, in our heads, I mean, um, watching our defense and watching how Liberty's quarterback was just scrambling in the backfield. I mean, I knew that we were there every time. I mean, he was just escaping the sacks that we had in the backfield, and so all we needed to do was just. Bu- I mean, we were just playing so fast, and we were just we were just so tense because it was our first playoff game, and it was wasn't the ideal conditions that we would have wanted, but. Um, all we we just wanted all we needed to do was just buckle down, and that's from that 14 points. That's we felt fo- we focused on what we had to do, slowed everything down, and we ended up being all right. What was going through your head, Ethan? Down 14 nothing. We just need to contain better on defense. He had like 10 seconds in the pocket, was scrambling around, throwing big passes. All those big gains, we knew that they weren't driving on us. They were just getting a few big plays, and we just needed to stop them. Kurt, no one was panicking, but what, what were you thinking watching on the sideline? Uh, when they scored their second touchdown, Colin was standing right next to me, and I looked at him and I said, are we good? He said, don't worry, we're good. So that was all I needed to hear. I knew we would be okay. You know, in my mind, I was like, you know what, this will be fine. We need this. You know, like you said, we hadn't been tested, really, at all. You know, so we found ourselves down 14. It was a playoff game. We knew – that was probably sitting out there the week before. So I was like, all right, let's see how we'll respond. And uh, you know, I think it was 35 straight points from there, right? 35-14 was the final. So, you know, the guys answered the bell. Uh, we got the big play right before the half, which yeah, gave, the, us a, the Hail Mary, right. gave us a little shot in the arm. What's well, funny, you know, you talked about having that week off. Well, one of the things we did on Thursday that week was we did all kinds of special situations. This is week stuff. two you're talking yeah. about, yeah. Well, one of the things we worked on was that. It was their Hail Mary play. Right. And, you know, there you are 10 weeks later, and yeah, we dialed it up one time, and when you know, we converted on it. It helps to have a quarterback that could throw the ball over 60 yards uh, in, in the air. I uh, joked with Reefer in the locker room. I said, next year we're going to have to take a knee on that play, <laughs> or what are we going to have to do there? So Mario and Blake came down with that Hail Mary. What, what was your reaction? Because you guys were in front all of a sudden at halftime. Right. Um, I was sitting there, and I watched Colin chuck the ball, then I saw the ball just kind of – go into a pile of people and I was just like there was like everybody just kind of like watched it and I saw the ref put his hands up in the air for a touchdown and I was just like what just happened like it was just kind of like a blank in my head I was like that just happened like he just threw the ball 66 yards and Blake came down with the ball like it was just unbelievable Ethan and that gave you a huge um, momentum surge uh, too. I mean, well, Ethan uh, was right there. He was yeah. in the end zone. Oh, you, 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 uh, you were. It I went mean, through my arms. Yeah. Went, I looked down and Blake was just there with the ball, and I was like, "That was probably the craziest thing ever." When, when you looked up, well, I mean, 
what what did you see? Like just a a, a rainbow of a throw coming the ball dropping was in the down air for like thirty seconds. I swear it was crazy. Like we were looking up and it just kept it was dark out and it kept getting closer and closer, closer. Saw it through the ground. Just saw Blake laying there with it. So you guys come back to win that game, uh, thirty-five uh, to fourteen. You 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 you're rolling again. Uh, you you're back in the groove, and then it's game of the year part two. Uh, it, it, it's Oakdale at Damascus. Uh, Swarm and Hornets had won 53 in a row, which was the longest winning streak in the country. Three-time reigning state champions. What were you guys thinking going into that game, Mario? It was what we were waiting for all summer. I mean, in the summer we were lifting, conditioning. I mean, if we weren't doing what we th- knew that we could have done, I mean, it was that it was the saying of, "Oh, I bet you Damascus is lifting heavier than us. I bet you." Damascus conditioning better than us. I bet you they're sprinting. And so our whole summer was basically formatted around getting after Damascus because after our freshman year, then our uh, sophomore year, I think it was, I mean, we, we didn't want that to happen again. And so we were ready. Ethan, what was Damascus week like? <laughs> Damascus week was watching film every second of every day, just getting ready, hydrating. Texting everybody, making sure everybody was okay, like being ready, not to like panic in the moment and just be ready to play. So you got off to another slow start in that game uh, defensively. Damascus, I think they have an eight-plus-minute drive. You're on a field that's not great, but then you guys find your footing. uh, You get a safety, um, and you you get a defensive touchdown. Um, Was it was it Tyree? Um, Who 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 fell on the? Do you remember who? Bevilacqua had the touchdown. Reefer had the strip sack. Ethan Reefer strip sacked him. Bevilacqua recovered it, and Luke Carey got the safety chasing down the bad snap on the punt. Right, and here you go again. However, you have to win. You get you guys. You guys managed to do it. And after after the first quarter of that game it was totally one-sided in favor of you guys you guys beat Damascus 24-7 holding him to seven points as you touched on earlier Kurt what just what were the emotions like at, after that win that, I mean that was that was extremely emotional you kind of saw it in some of the pictures you guys had in the paper and our student section spilled themselves down onto the track after we had won and you know it was kind of one of those things for our program where not just being Damascus, but we hadn't been able to get out of the region before. That was our first regional championship, and it was almost kind of like that little wall in between us and the state championship that we finally found a way to knock down. So we, you know, the whole year as we were going, it was like we were kind of crossing things off the list. All right, we did that, we did that, we did that. But that was kind of a big one that was sitting out there waiting for us. And when we busted through that wall, I think everybody kind of looked around and said, all right, let's go we got two weeks we get we can finish this thing off that was a big hurdle that we had to get over Ethan what were your emotions like after that win probably most emotional I've ever been after a football game just because of the opponent what, uh, yeah. what you guys did or their just... win streak us struggling against them historically and just advancing keep on on the state's yeah. road and, and Mario to, to be the champs you gotta you got you gotta beat the champs right sir <laughs> and what were you thinking after that win <laughs> um after that win I mean I was, it was obviously very emotional. I mean, and one of, the, um, as soon as we had came back from shaking all their hands and we did our little meeting in the middle, um, the first thing I laid eyes on was all the alumni that came before us. And so I came over there and gave thanks to all of them because we wouldn't be on that field beating them if it wasn't for all of them. And so um, I gave thanks to all of them and it was just a very emotional time. I mean, yeah. 
uh, Kurt, given the way Damascus plays football, running, playing defense, the condition of the field, what, I mean, again, just to show you how versatile you guys were, wouldn't you say that game sort of on paper favored Damascus going into it? Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah. we don't have school the day before because we have four inches of snow. The field was, I mean, it was atrocious. Our kids had to stand on the track because our whole sideline was underwater. Yeah, they didn't put down a tarp for you no, guys. It, right. was, it was really, it, that's not that's not the kind of field that you should play a regional championship on. Right. I mean that, you know, I know that's an argument for another time about the way we do things here in Maryland, but everything favored them. And in the morning when we were getting ready for the game, you know, we had a, we we're getting ready for our walkthrough and stuff in the afternoon. It's actually that, that, that I got excited and got confident about because I was like, you know what, everything favors them and we're still going to beat them. And then, yeah. then there'll be no excuses from anybody about, you know who the best team in this region is because we're going to beat them on their terms. Playing their style of football. Playing you, their you, style you, of football. You beat them at, the, at their game essentially. So, and in and that night also in, in in Class Two A, you had Newtown upsetting Eastern Tech, you had Elkton upsetting North Carolina, and then all of a sudden the following week you guys are home. You have, you have a home game in the state semifinals. How cool was that, Ethan? <laughs> that was cool because after we played Walkersville on our senior night, that was gonna be our last time playing at home, and getting a home game in the playoffs was awesome. And Mario, you didn't think you were gonna get another home playoff game right no way no it was humble because like ethan said a senior night we expected that to be our last game i mean we knew that there was a, a small percentage chance that we would ever get a home game but then being able to put on that black jersey again just that was awesome how, how did that sort of change the dynamics kurt being at home for that state semifinal? Well, I, I tell you what, I got a little excited because and that's Thanksgiving week and I'm thinking, hey, all of our old guys are going to be around and right. we're going to play at home right. and they're all going to get to come. And you know what I mean? And I, I, I got really excited about that. I knew we'd have uh, practice on Thanksgiving morning the day before. I knew I'd get to see a lot of the old guys, old players. And I knew since it was home, as long as they came home for the holiday, they would probably come. So I was pretty excited about the the alumni getting to to share the experience with us because I had a good feeling about it being the holiday that we'd have them in in Stowe. I I know you and your coaches were running through all the combinations. What if this team wins? What if that team wins? I mean, had, had, did you think you would get another home game, or did you think it was possible, or you sort of like sort of checked out on that possibility yourself? <laughs> I mean, I just wasn't worried about it because right, the, yeah. the hardest thing about that two to three is that you don't know who you're going to play even you know so you don't really know who you're going to play we were standing there on the sideline of the Damascus game after we had won and one of my assistant coaches came up to me and put his arm around me and said hey so and so lost we're playing at home next week and I was just like you know a little extra shot in the arm that that we weren't already feeling great but that was a little extra excitement I I purposely try not to even look at it and worry about it because I knew how important it was to focus on the task at hand considering who we were playing in round two but it was certainly uh, a little exciting and then when I found out who we were playing my my first thoughts actually went to remembering them play Walkersville in the championship game a right. couple years ago and I started rattling through my brain the stuff that they were running against them and wondering if they were if, if they were athletes if too, they were yeah. still going to do that stuff and they had the same kind of personnel so that's kind of where my mind went after we found out but you know, it was definitely a little extra shot in the arm knowing that we get to play at home. So you're at home. You have another comfortable win. Uh, El Elton's good, but but they're not. They're not. They can't handle uh, you guys. And 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 now you're in the state final. You're you're playing uh, Glenelg, also uh, an undefeated team. Their their coach uh, lives in your neighborhood, Kurt. Yep. So, so it's a team you know well. Just the the bus ride down to Annapolis, Mario. What what was that like for you guys? Um, we were just laser focused. I mean, um, I don't think. 
I, I heard anybody talking on the bus. I mean, oh, really? It was that quiet? I think we were all just all focused up. We had our headphones on. I mean, we knew that we were in for a game. I mean, obviously, Glen Oaks undefeated, so they're a good team. And so we were like, it's we haven't won anything. I mean, we got all the way to States. I mean, we were like, we've got to win this all. What were you thinking on the trip down to States there, Ethan? We need to finish this. Finish this ride. Yeah. Was there any doubt in your mind? <laughs> I mean, there's doubt, but you got to be confident. I never doubt our team. Right. How about you, Mario? Any any, any doubts creep in, or did you guys know you were going to win? I mean, there's nerv- There's nerves because, I mean, when we first got to the stadium, I mean, you would look out and you just saw a huge field with bright lights on it. I mean, at first, I mean, that, that made me a little nervous, but I never had any doubt in our team that we would succeed. Right. But then Elkton starts fast. I mean, their 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 quarterback, who's who's a good athlete, a good lacrosse player, he he hits you guys with a sixty yard run. Uh, the, their division one running back scores scores a touchdown. Here you guys are are uh, in another little uh, hole again. Um, what were you thinking after uh, you guys gave up that first touchdown, Mario? I mean, it was the same thing as Liberty. I mean, we were just so tense. I mean, we were playing in a state game. I mean, it was. We just needed to slow down. I mean, we made a few mistakes, and if we just sharpened those mistakes like we did for the rest of the game, we held them. So, Did they catch you off guard, Ethan, with, with, with that couple plays there on that first drive? On that big QB game, that kind of caught us off guard. But we always have a bad first drive, but then we usually buckle down. Right. Uh, Wanda Owens, uh, uh, Kurt, uh, the, the leading, uh, I think, rusher in the history of Howard County. Uh, he had... 2,500 yards, something, some ridiculous yep. total this season. What, what was the game plan against him? Well, you know, it, that's where it started and ended. You know, they didn't throw the ball particularly well. Um, they run it a bunch of different ways, but I was always trying to get six the ball. Um, you know, the young man is phenomenal. I actually, at first, when I was trying to go through the numbers, I thought it might be a misprint. I mean, 2,500 yards in one season in high school, that's almost unheard of. Right. So... I really started – we started to get into the film, and our defensive uh, coaches, Coach Doc, Coach McVeigh, Coach Hilton, Coach Dunn, they did a really, really good job of trying to dissect. And they had a good first drive, and they basically had a, a nice plan A there where they tried to use some things we do defensively against us and try to get him the ball in some space. But after the first drive, and we got to see it a little bit, and we got a beat on how they were going to try to use him, and I thought our guy, our coaches especially, and then our kids listening and executing – did a really good job of adjusting to their adjustment. And, you know, we really, after the first quarter, he, he didn't have a whole lot going. Yeah, because I, I teased Doc uh, after the game about the, the, the slow starts on defense. So, <laughs> but, but then once you guys got in the games, yeah, you, it, it was lights out. Like this, after, after the first quarter, after the first drive in, in, in a lot of these games, really no one uh, was able to do anything against you guys. Um, Colin, Colin answers with a huge uh, TD run. It looks like it's going to be a tie game, but then Justin Ritter, of, of all people, misses an extra point. You, you never see that, Kurt. You never see Justin miss. <laughs> he almost, like you said, I don't remember the last time he actually missed one that wasn't a bad snap or a bad hold or something. So, But, you know, it was early. We knew we'd have plenty of time uh, to, to go for two at some point if we had to. I don't like chasing points. That's why I mean, the next touchdown we kicked an extra point. Um, we only do it if we feel like the time and circumstance is right to try to push it back to where it was. You know, we did it once at Damascus at the end to make it a three-score game instead of a two, and we did it in the the third touchdown here because we thought if we pushed it back to getting it on script that that was the right call there for considering the time that was left. How would you characterize Justin's value to the team? 
I mean, it's unmeasurable. The average starting position of our opponent this year was the 21-and-a-half-yard line for all possessions. Making them drive the length of the field against your good defense. Exactly. So every now and then if our defense has a bad play or two and gives up a first down or two, the other team still has to punt because they still haven't got far enough to be in four-down territory. Where if you're starting at the 35 or the 40, you pick up one first down, you're probably going for it on fourth down. It is – it is an unbelievable weapon to have somebody that completely dictates the field position the whole game. I mean, you cannot put a measure on how valuable he's been to us the last three years. It's just, I mean, it's remarkable. And like you said, the numbers that we have defensively against scoring against are so staggering, but that's a huge reason why is because they always have to go the length of the field. I believe in the Elton game, he kicked a 40-yard field goal, yeah. and you don't often see that in high school with that kind of range. I mean, his biggest problem as far as field goal stats is we were too good on offense. We would score all the time, and he wouldn't get a chance to kick field goals, but he could make them from just about anywhere. I mean, that 40-yarder in Elkton, we didn't even think about twice about sending him out there. We knew he could push it across from there. Right. Uh, your passing game and Colin get a lot of attention, but but you guys had a really dynamic running game with, 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 with Sim, too, just talk about him and when and what his future prospects might be <laughs> well i mean sim's one of the most dynamic athletes that's ever played for us uh, his zero to 100 burst is as good as anybody i've ever seen and he got a big boost this year by our five offensive linemen doing what they did in the off season and doing what they did throughout the whole season they really raised their level of play this year to a level we probably haven't seen yet at oakdale and they gave him the holes, and if, if that guy has room to run, he's going to make you pay because you're not going to catch him. And so we saw in a lot of our games this year, he'd have 100-yard games, but he only needed 8 to 10 carries to do it because the line would open the hole, and then once he got out in the open on his own, he would take it from there. So um, he's got a couple uh, a couple Division One and a couple Division Two possibilities cooking here. Uh, these next couple weeks, as you know, are kind of uh, – the hot and heavy season for us right. as far as uh, getting everybody home to where they need to be. And we've got a lot going on with that with all of these guys. But uh, Sim's going to go somewhere, and he's going to do really, really well. Someone's going to get a player a lot better than they think they're getting. It was shocking in the Elton game to see him get caught from behind. I I, I had never seen seen that before. <laughs> one of their linebackers or safeties caught him from behind. Number so, five is one yeah. of the fastest <laughs> human beings I've ever seen. Right. <laughs> yeah, because you just don't see that. So as, as you guys are growing the lead, Ethan, and, and, and it's going more and more in your favor, what, what starts going through your mind? What are the emotions like on the sideline? <laughs> it's crazy because you think about everything we've been through the last – or we've been together since like sixth grade, everything coming together near the end and – it was one of the best feelings. Right. And, and Mario, you said, I mean, you, you arrived in eighth grade. Yes. This, uh, this group had just won a, a youth championship, a Luya championship as, as seventh graders. But you said they accepted you as family right away, and you, and you really felt a part of the group from, from the time you f- first showed up at Oakdale. Right. And, and just talk, talk about that and just what was the feeling like for you on the sideline as, as, the, as the league kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I mean, ever since they brought me in, I mean, I just felt like family. I mean, they took me in. I mean, we went out places. I mean, we did a lot together. And so starting our freshman year, sophomore year, like I never pictured our ending, but to have it, to like to live it and to see that we came down and beat Glen Elk, I mean, it was unbelievable. And it just so much emotions was shared between all of us because we were all so close to each other. Kurt, this has all happened in a relatively short period of time. It was your eighth varsity season and in, in, in ninth overall, right? Yes. How do you look at how far you guys have come from the time when you were handing out 
helmets and shoulder pads for the first time to, to where the program is now. I mean, I'd be lying to you if I didn't have a really big sense of pride uh, about all of it because it was really difficult in the beginning. You know, it's funny. I, these guys will tell you, I, I don't, I'm not getting emotional with them or anything like that very often, but before and after the game, I was a little uncharacteristically emotional because I kept thinking about that. You know, 0-10 is what I always think about. Yeah, That's your, the first, first thing that comes to my 10. mind. And then you, you know? went 2-8. And, and then we went 2-8. Right. And, and when we went 2-8, and eight, we won the first and the last. So we lost eight consecutive games in the middle. And that was my first head coaching job, obviously. And I'm sitting here. Were you worried you were going to get fired? <laughs> a little bit, to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah, I was. You know, and I'd... I knew we could do it, and I knew I could do it. You know, I just knew that where we were, where the county was at the time, which we had six unbelievable teams. Like, you talk about the six teams that won championships. Well, that doesn't include TJ that got to the finals a couple times. Right. and had great teams as well. All those teams you were talking about were kind of at their heyday when Oakdale opened. And you had and, to play them all. And we had to play all of them. With, with, with underclassmen. I mean, you, d- you didn't have seniors until, what, your – Second, Se- second year, yeah. yeah. So the third year, yeah, the second varsity season, we the first time we had. So the O and ten year, we didn't have a, a senior. There wasn't any seniors in our school, right? And we were playing the best teams in the state of Maryland, literally. So it was it was a struggle, no doubt. And so that's the the emotions came from that. I I think about that all the time. I think about the beginning, and when we're here and we're enjoying this, and we're on the other side of what all those teams were. And we were standing there going, gosh, this is this is what we want to be. This is what we need to be. And we've we've done it. And, you know, so there's a lot of emotions tied into that. And um, I'm certainly very, very proud because a lot of people worked really hard to get there. And we've been blessed with young men like the two that are standing next to me that want to work and want it as bad as those coaches do. And you know, I'm really happy for them. They're going to get to enjoy this for the rest of their life, and I'm really proud of all of us that have been here the whole time that finally get to see all of our efforts kind of come to that nice little pinnacle there. Prior to the game, you said you read your old banquet speech that, that you had read your first full class, right, your your first graduating class. What sort of did that speech entail? What what, what was the gist of the speech? <laughs> you know, like you said, we were just sitting there after 2 and 18, and so – you know, you're trying to send these guys off that you just you just led to a two and eighteen record in their high school career, which obviously not real stellar and, and no one was certainly excited about that. And I just I talked and I explained to them about unfortunately the situation that we're in with where the rest of the county is and the situation that we were just opening up, somebody had to go through this in order for us to get to the other side. This was inevitable. These struggles in the beginning were inevitable. Unfortunately, you were the guys that were here when we had to go through that. But I promise you that there will be a day that we are on the other side and we're the champions. And I really hope all you guys are there to celebrate and enjoy it with us. And I I got three of them on my coaching staff now. And I saw a whole bunch of them sitting right in the 50-yard line on that first level sitting together. Guys from the old years. And, you know, that was really special to me to have those guys with me Crosby our first quarterback is our JV quarterback coach and he's the guy on the offensive headsets 
um, in the booth for us, and that's the guy I talked the whole game plan through during the game with, and, you know, he was the kid that went to an 18, you know, and he ended up winning a few games his next year as a senior. We won six that year, but he was one of the kids that went through that struggle, and for him to be there with us, and there's a, and Coach uh, Grenier and Coach Gill, who were on our first teams, they're on our staff, it was special. Did you think it would happen so quickly? Because eight years, that sounds like a long time, but 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 it's really not. Didn't didn't feel quick to us, you right. know, the guys that were working through there. It felt – and especially because the last three years, we were getting pretty close. I mean, when these guys were juniors last year, we were really close. And the, the team before them where Colin's uh, brother was the quarterback and we lost to Damascus, but we were tied with them at halftime of that game. Like, we were getting close. So, you know, it felt like – Felt like it was taking a long time, but I'm a pretty impatient person, and as you can tell by the way we play offense with the tempo. So you know, I'm like that. But yeah, I mean, if you if you think historically about things, it was it was probably pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, you guys were sort of on the cutting edge when, it, when a lot, not a lot of people were running no huddle stuff back when you guys started doing it in in uh, in really your first couple seasons. You guys you guys were running that up tempo offense. Now you see that everywhere almost. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, you know, it just I thought. It was just the style that we want to play, yeah. and I thought it was a style that could get us to where we needed to go, even though we weren't probably ready for it in the beginning, you know, but we kind of stuck with everything, and, and we've seen it through here. But, yeah, I mean, it's always – it's been good to us, that's for sure. Yeah. Mario, you often talk about the guys that have laid the groundwork for you, but what sort of groundwork do you think you've laid for future Oakdale teams, this team in particular? Um, it just – I mean, for especially the juniors that were starting on our team, I mean, we just showed them – what it takes to win. I mean, we uh, we try to express, especially to like the JV team that's coming up, that it starts there. It starts with hitting the weights hard, playing as hard as you can JV year. So then when you're pulled up, you get to see everything start happening on varsity. I mean, we just want to lay the groundwork to for them to understand it takes a lot to get to Navy Stadium and to win. And so we want to show them that, one, it's achievable, and two, that they know what it takes. Ethan, what do you think the legacy of this team will be? Uh, I think we set a new bar for Oakdale teams, not just with our play, but with our off the field, like being mentors and stuff, especially to our four juniors that really played this year, Ben, Luke, Reef, and uh, Dylan Burney. Like next year, hopefully they're leaders. They help get this team going and continue on what we did. What does the future hold for you? Will you play uh, football in college? I don't think so. Uh, I think yeah. States is my last game. Okay. And, and what, what do you plan to study in college? Or have you made your college choice yet? Uh, business and marketing. B- business and marketing. Do you know where you're going yet? or uh, Most uh, likely Salisbury. Oh, Salisbury. Okay. Uh, Mario, I know, I know you're uh, weighing through some options, but you are going to play football in college, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. Okay. And, and, and what do you think that challenge will be like no, no matter where you wind up? <laughs> um, I think it's going to be uh, different. I mean, I've heard from different people like reaching out to Bryce and Percy, and um, they've talked to me about how what it takes to – do D1 football as well as go to an academic school. And so um, I think it's going to be a new challenge, but I'm willing to go head first and do it. It's almost like having another job, right? In, right. in addition to going to school, right? So, Kurt, what will you remember about these guys and um, these, these seniors and, and what does the future of the program hold? <laughs> well, I mean, one of the things, I mean, obviously you're going to remember the championship and all that, but I, I particularly liked coaching this team because how much they liked each other. And uh, you know, one of the things Ethan just touched on, and he was really the catalyst of it, of 
taking some of the key underclassmen and trying to make them a part of this senior heavy group. And one part because he knew and we knew that we needed them to contribute, but the other part of, of paying it forward, you know, what he just mentioned, even though he may not even realized it, was really one of the big underlying keys to how special this team was because the way the guys treated each other and bonded together. And, you know, I always knew that they were going to be in it together, and I always told them if we are in it together, then no one's going to beat us. And uh, I really hope that is sort of their legacy that they that they leave is that's what it takes. Yes, it takes all the hard work, and it takes some great football players and a little bit of luck for sure, but you need to be bonded as a group because of what this game means and that's how you play the game and how much you depend on each other and that's what it takes to really get through 14 grinding weeks so uh, they were a really special group when it comes to that and that's going to be something that i always remember about them for sure yeah so how, how many kids come back you lose the 26 seniors but is there a decent yeah we have four ju- we returning? had four junior starters like you said and um ethan luke carey uh, ben bevelacqua dylan bernie that are all very good football players so we're going to start there and, and build ethan, it out ethan will slide in at quarterback yeah i mean you know we got a couple uh qbs that are real good but i um reef reef has a pretty high ceiling as a qb i think and uh he kind of flashed some of his overall athleticism this year being a two-way starter and not playing quarterback. I definitely think he probably slides into that role. He did what Colin did, right? The receiver turned quarterback. He did what yeah. Colin did. And when Colin had mono two years ago when he was a sophomore, he started and won three games right. as a quarterback. I mean, you wonder where how many places he could start if he wasn't sitting behind someone like, like, like Colin. Pretty so. much everywhere, <laughs> right, to be yeah. honest. I mean, I think he's that good. Right. So I think we'll be fine there. Him and I have a lot of work to do this summer like we always do with the quarterbacks, but it'll be fun. Garrett Witt's another kid that's a really good quarterback in our program as a sophomore in varsity this year so we'll be fine there and we had three sophomores on varsity and a 7-1 JV team and we had another handful of juniors that were on varsity they're pretty good players but just couldn't beat out guys like Mario and Ethan because of how good they were so I think we'll be all right it's going to look a little different um I'm really excited about it because that's one of the fun parts about being a high school coach is that you have to completely retool it a little bit every year but uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what we can go and see if we can try to chase another one down so you'll take a few weeks off now your 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 off season will start after the first of the year or, yeah we usually uh, get yeah. back on it on january we take december off a lot but especially this year i mean considering we really only have two and a half weeks of school and then we're off all christmas break so when we come back after the new year we'll have the banquet and uh we'll kind of re-jump start it right back in and is it is it a long march to august or does the time pass pretty quickly usually <laughs> uh, there's different parts that feel longer than others right you know what i mean right. the summer seems like it gets on you fast and, and, and you're right there sometimes in january february it seems a little it seems farther away but again you're back in that process what these guys do in the weight room i mean that's really how you win games in in the spring and you can't just start lifting in the summer and expect to be strong in august it just doesn't happen so we have to start in the winter and we have to grind it all the way through we have every rep planned out from january all the way to when the season starts actually all the way through week 14 is how we do it so we have all that planned out and you know we just got to re-jumpstart that process 
Well, it was fun watching you guys play. I mean, man, mission accomplished. So, I mean, it, it, it was a privilege uh, getting the chance to cover you guys because really I, th I think you will be remembered as one of the greatest teams uh, to, to play in this area. And, and w wish you all success uh, going forward. Ethan and Mario, Kurt, looking forward to getting started next season. So thanks for coming in, guys. Thanks, Greg. We appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, and my thanks to, for, to Graham Cullen for producing, to Colin McGuire's band Double Motorcycle for the music you hear, and thanks to all those who uh, tuned in on Facebook uh, Premiere and on YouTube as well. Uh, we'll see you next week on the Final Score Podcast.